Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Erica Birchall, welcome to The Mentor. Well, actually, welcome back. Thank you for having me back again. Last time we met was in uh, you at the time with the CEO of The Iconic. Yes. How did that podcast go? You were the mm. boss there and uh, what was any feedback? Yeah. What happened? Oh, look, a few things. Um, well, from my own personal perspective, um, I had a lot of reflections on and a lot of observations. Like there were some things – that I remembered about myself from doing that podcast that I had kind of forgotten, like a bit of the get up and go spirit and um, even just have it, like I don't know how you got me to remember some of the stories that you did, but people think that we must have known each other for years. Met, I'm like I had never met you before in my life and I don't know still to this day how you did that. But um, there's a lot of the stories like the John Laws throwing my resume over the wall. Um, <laughs> that Lara. Really? I know that's, that's a great story, though, which, which a lot of people Can you talk just about. Share that story again. Just, just tell that story again. <laughs> well, I was trying to get work experience with John Laws and everybody said, because he was the golden tonsils, you know, the legend back then, and everyone said he doesn't take work experience students and I found out where he lived uh, and I typed out my resume with a little letter and threw that over the wall of his house in Wallara on yeah, Queen, Street. Queen Street. Yeah, I know um, the house. And just like crossed my fingers and went, well, whatever will be, will be. And what would be is that he got that letter and then let me go in there for work experience. And so it was things like that that I went, oh, actually I used to have a lot more spunk or spark or or just maybe I didn't care take more less. Risks. Or, yeah, take more risks. And maybe I felt like I had less to lose back then. Um but I, that actually reignited a little bit of that in me post then. The other thing is that uh, I do a lot of speaking at schools. So my own uh, high school, Cheltenham Girls High School. My sister's also the principal of a school, Meriden, uh, in Strathfield. And I go and chat to some of their kids and business studies classes they actually get their kids to listen to that podcast of you and I before uh-huh. I go and speak to them. So you're almost part of like the curriculum now, Mark. Um, and, and they get them to listen to that, just to listen to us talking about, you know, business and myself and things. And then the kids come prepared with some questions for me. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's just quite, I think it's, Eric, it's really important, I think, for us to remember the things we've done. Mm. And the whole objective of my show is actually to find out stuff that people have done. Um, it's nothing to do with me. I'm just just sort of dragging the content out of you. But I think it's important for us to recall those events, like that 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 childlike thought process where I've got nothing to lose. You don't even think I've got nothing to lose. You mm. just act on instinct. Yeah. Of course, you've got nothing to lose. I'm prepared to take a risk 
Whereas when we get older, we think about all the things that could go wrong or the reasons yeah. why we shouldn't do something. We sort of playing defensively as a play, as opposed to being aggressive towards it. I don't, I don't mean mm. in a bad way, but aggressively pursuing things. Um, that There's a big lesson in that for us. We should never, in, especially as a small business owner or as a business owner, and by the way, I just want to say this, you are the CEO of the Iconic. You, as far as I'm concerned, you were in business for yourself. But just mm-hmm. because you're on a salary doesn't mean you're not a business no. running business. You are running your business. Correct. My business is the business of being CEO, CEO. That's my business. Yes, I'm running your business. But my business is I'm the business of being CEO. That's Correct. who you were. And so everyone's in business for themselves. Just that some pay tax at the end and some pay tax on the way through. That's yes. the only difference in my view. And if you are in business, which is, we all are, unless you're retired, um, then you've got to take risks and you've got to call in that childlike uh, mentality sometimes. Mm. There is a time place for it. But with the hindsight of uh, knowing what we know now. So, you know, like add a little bit of wisdom over the top yeah. of it. Now you're a youngish woman still, but you've got a lot of experience. Mm. If somehow you can drag those mm. childlike events isn't that an interesting combination that you just said? So it's the childlike with the wisdom. Like what a magic it's recipe. Perfect. It's almost like, like in this sort of economic landscape, I think someone's ability to hustle and to tap into that muscle memory of how to hustle and that childlike risk-taking combined with their experience and wisdom, what a bloody recipe for success, right? And I think that's going to be what a lot of people are going to need to draw. I'm going to need to draw on for myself personally through, you know, the next period as well. Um, you know, I think, yeah, okay, so I've learned something already after five minutes today. Well, Mark. I went, I, I was talking to this guy the other day and uh, yesterday it was and uh, just some random dude and uh, <laughs> at the airport and um, he came aside to one of me and uh, he said to me, but he's, you know, he's he peeled away from the business he was an, an employee of working at um, and then he's got his own business and um, he was talking about how tough it was and uh, how, how tough he was finding it. And I said, how old are you? And he said, 42. I said, look, between 40 today, 40, maybe even a little bit younger but today, but between 40 and 55 for anybody who's – had experience in work and life, you're actually at your prime mm-hmm. because you're young enough to have lots and lots of energy and be a little bit reckless, mm-hmm. take risks, but you're old enough and experienced enough to know where you can put your foot wrong. So you've travelled enough miles to make sure you know how to be quite steadfast in the way you walk and you step through things. Yeah. But you've still got enough going you to, you know, be prepared to make some mistakes and take a few risks and just go out and limit a little bit. Therefore, they're the best years of your life mm. in, a, in a business sense, I think. And too often we're lumbered with this thing that, oh, we want to employ young people and, uh, you know, young people can do the best job. Okay. Yeah, or they're agile or nimble yeah, or, you all know. The, yeah. all, or they don't have kids. Yeah. yeah they've got no obligations. Yeah. Yeah, but kids bring, I do have obligations, but kids bring a whole lot of experience to us as well. So not only just work experience, but life experience. Yes. And I think that there is going to be a, or there should be a resurgence of demand for people in that age bracket between 40 and 55, mm. or maybe these days 35 to 55. I think that's the most heavily demanded age bracket, male and female, um, for 
executives and or just just generally all employees as opposed to us being pushing down the other end. I mean, that's really diversity that you're talking about. And a lot of people- That's proper diversity. Yeah, proper. Because a lot of people think diversity is just gender. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not. It's, yes, gender is important, but it's experience, it's age, it's, you know, um, all of those different things. Whether you've got kids, whether you don't have kids, it's all those different things that actually is what diversity is about and having that combination of it all. You know, at the Iconic, when I started there, the average age of the business was 27. Um, by the time I left, you know, as people stayed in the business and the business got older and, um, you know, that average age lifted a bit. And and also I brought in some different executives that actually were a bit older. Um, I didn't do that deliberately, but I was looking for different experiences. And actually some of those older people, executives, had the highest engagement scores in the business. And that's, I think, because some of the younger people felt more comfortable learning from some of those people that had weathered a few storms. They didn't panic the first moment something. It's like, yeah, we've seen this before. Let's just ride this out. We know what to do, one foot in front of the other. And they were able to really, I don't know, steer that team through different uh, situations. So That's really interesting though, because I just, as you're saying that, I was just thinking about something, you know, we often hear this, um, a lot of the generation today have never actually experienced a recession. Yeah. Um, and so if you're between, you know, 18 and 20, 35, you've probably never experienced a recession. For the last, up until 20, well, up until now, it's 2023, if I go back to 2009, so that's like 13, 14 years, we've had a like a, a pretty much, in Australia at least, we've pretty much had a steady tra- trajectory of growth. Mm. It's just continued to grow. And a lot of people in those environments have never seen anything different and there will be something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar. And the longer the, 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 the good trajectory goes for, the probably the more severe the correction will be. Yeah. And, and because people haven't seen it, you're right, Erica, they do panic because mm-hmm. I've been through these processes where I've seen people panic. In fact, I've been through processes like 30, 40 years ago where I panicked, yeah. where I'd never seen this sort of stuff. And you do look to others who have experienced well, well, what the hell happened then? Yeah. What did you do? How did you get through it? What, what, yeah, what, what's the deal? Um, and, you know, and these days people think they can get on TikTok and find out, but, you know, like it's that you might get a, like a two second, two seconds worth, but that's not going to actually help you work out the, how to execute, yeah. you know, because execution is about um, every move in the chessboard. So yeah. you've got to make a, a different move every week, every month mm-hmm. until this thing clears. And I think that's, to me anyway, I think that we are now seeing a real change in, in our business work environment, business environment. I think there will be a great, a much greater need for people who have seen these things before at some stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but ex- at the same time, are still not, they're not so stodgy that they say, no, this is the only way we do things. Yeah. They're flexible. Yeah. And it sort of brings me back to my point before. I mean, I appreciate you telling me that you being able to go back to your young childhood and remembering, remembering what you were like, your childlike actions by throwing that um, mm. application over Laws's uh, place there in Wallara. And by the way, it's funny when you were saying that, I, I, remember, I know John Laws every morning before he went to go on air, because I used to live around there, I lived in Queen Street, I used to see him, he used to come out and collect his mail. 
and his oh. news, and his newspapers. Right. So I, I guess you didn't know that because you no, weren't stalking his house. I um, did not. And, and the whole reason I threw it over the fence, I couldn't find the letterbox. If I see him one day, should I ask you him? You should ask him. You should okay. send him an email. Well, I've got some time on my hands now. I wonder if I could be a handmaiden yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, do work experience with him again. Yeah, well, he'd probably love that <laughs> because you were CEO of Iconic. Mm-hmm. What happened? Right. Well, um, I had been at the Iconic for four and a half years or so and thought, okay, I, I've learned a huge amount. I love this business a lot, but what if I took everything I've learned here and all of my experience from prior retail sort of roles in bricks and mortar, what if I took those two things, combined them and went and tried that in a totally new environment? And I I found a role. I knew some of the directors. Um, it was a publicly listed company. I thought, okay, I'm going to go for this. I resigned. I quit my job, signed up. I, I wasn't allowed to start big straight away. Yeah, big risk. Um, wasn't allowed to start straight away. Thought that's fine. I really wanted to do the right thing by the iconic and, you know, see out my notice period. And during that notice period, the role I was going to, um, that company got bought out, privatized. And actually the role I wanted and the role I signed up for was just no longer going to be the role that was there. Um, and that role was just not there anymore. And so now I find myself for the first time in probably my career, okay, I actually have, you know, I don't have a job right now. I'm, you know, on the hunt and I'm looking at what do I want to do next? What do I want to do? Next? Mark, what would you do? Well, I've been through that. So um, I, in when I was 31 or two, I can't remember now, but the uh, firm, law firm that I was at, uh, the senior partner decided, uh, who's now departed, he's, he's unfortunately passed away, but he decided or the to um, call it quits and he and I worked very closely together on all the clients. And um, so part of the firm got sold to another law firm, which still exists today, and uh in fact, the lawyer that I use today used to work with me and for me at the original firm. So I'm going back 36 years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and um, and I had been with them for seven, seven or eight years, and I had uh, at that stage, I think three kids. My fourth hadn't come along, and uh, three boys, and uh, I was under a bit of stress to be honest with you because I thought shit. How am I going to mm. – what am I going to do? Uh, I need the income everywhere. I didn't realise how important weekly income was to me. Yeah. Um, I had, had always taken for granted um, and, of course, I had a mortgage. And uh, so uh, I got a bit down on myself. Uh, uh, yeah, and the – I was given – someone said to me, oh, look, you're going to have a free office, um, you know, access to the, all, the, all the admin stuff like that. But I really had to go and find something to do mm. um, that could make me some money. And I, quite frankly, did not know because I never thought that this was going to ever happen to me and I never really planned for it yeah. and I never future-proofed myself. Mm. And uh, so I sat around for about six months, uh, sort of just bouncing around the joint uh, and watching my capital Deplete <laughs> and getting more worried, yeah. and uh, and I remember in those days, in those days, you didn't discuss this with your wife. It wasn't a discussion. Um, you know, the wife was at home looking after the kids. It's just that mm. environment, that that era. 
Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't want to stress her out either. I mean, I didn't want to add to my stress and I didn't want to put anything on her. So I sort of kept it in myself. I didn't really talk about it with anybody and which in hindsight was the wrong thing to do, um, was a mistake. After six months, I thought, okay, I've got to do something here. I just And uh, an opportunity came my way. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I thought I'd just do anything. And uh, and I took took on that opportunity and um, made a little bit of money. Uh, it was enough to probably – what I didn't realise the most important thing was not just was I thought the most important thing was having enough money to, to bank some and to pay your mortgage and to – you know, buy the, what you need to buy and pay kids school fees and that sort of stuff. I thought that was the most important thing. What I didn't realise is the most one of the most important thing alongside that is having a purpose every single yeah. day of the week. Why am I getting up? Yeah. Where am I going? Why am I am I putting on a suit or what am I going? You know, like, yeah. and if you're not doing that, you've you're sort of feel like a bit of a loser. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I was at. So I then started to reach out to people. And I think that's probably the most important thing I did is reach out to people yeah. and turn up yep. and uh, attend seminars. Mm. I, I offered to do seminars, which I did. I did just some teaching at the university. Um, I, it was no, not much money, but it was, but it was, it was important. And then people started re- realize I'm back in the, I'm yeah, in the game. Back in the game. Here he is. Oh yeah. Well, hang on. There, there's something I need this done. Want to ask Mark to do it? Yeah. Um, and so I, I did that for and and over time it built and built and built and then I got something back. But I think the point I'm trying to make here, Erica, is that the realization that I don't just go to work. One, the first realization is I'm not secure forever, mm-hmm. and that you always got to be future proofing yourself or trying to future proof yourself. Two, when you get put in that position, um, by whether it's by shock or surprise or by design. Um, you have to make sure you put yourself back out of there in the marketplace. You can't just sit around doing nothing. And the, and three, what's really important is you've got to have something to do every day. Yes. Even if it's not going to earn you the same amount of money you earned before. So even if you're, you pre- be prepared to take less, less is better than nothing. Yes. But the most important thing is you're doing something. Yeah, correct. And that's, you know, the biggest thing for me is the the way I think I'm best going to find a job is to be the best version of myself, happy, positive, confident, drawing on all of my experiences. Now, that doesn't mean I'm like that all the time. And um, I think, well, I don't think, I believe that, you know, it's important to address your vulnerability. I, I give myself some permission to feel those moments of anxiety or stress, whether it's one hour a day or one hour a week or whatever, if you try and ignore that or don't talk to anybody about it, what actually happens is that's bubbling away under the surface all the time and so you're just feeling crap all the time. So instead of ignoring it, I actually address it and go, okay, I'm going to think about this, I'm going to address it and now I'm going to wrap that up and park that over there because it's not going to be helpful to me right now as I try and put one foot in front of the other and get out and about and, and keep busy. And so then I'm, I'm treating this whole looking for a job thing as like a project. I have a spreadsheet that I've set up. I've got what date, who I've spoken to, was it about a particular role, was it a more general conversation or just a coffee catch-up, have I sent them my resume, have I sent them a follow-up email and then a column for, you know, any other comments or whatever. And actually I've got someone very close to me, a, a lady, Leslie, who, um, you know, I've said to her, right, 
I need you to hold me to account to myself. And so every Friday I have to email her that spreadsheet so that that means I've got to update it because she's going to be asking me, Erica, where's your update this week? And so I've got to update it, send it through. And that does two things. A, it makes sure I'm treating this seriously and I'm staying on top of it. The other thing is it's capturing everything I'm doing to fix this situation and that actually helps me de-stress a little bit. I'm not so anxious about it, just going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? When am I going to do it? It's like, no, here's what I've done. Look at all of the people I've spoken to. Nothing may have come of it yet, but actually I'm out there. And uh, and so I, I agree. Like, I'm not good idle. I mean, even when I had children, I took like I think 10 weeks mat leave or something with all three of them. I'm not good at not having a purpose to like get up, get out and, you know, meet with people, talk to people. So I've got to keep doing that, whatever it is. So like I'm looking at you now, I can mm. see you've got your jewellery on. You've got, yes. and, and I know, I'm but, a maker, a little bit of makeup. My yes. mum used to always say, uh, uh, my late mother, she used to always say to me, Mark, no matter what happens with her, mm-hmm. she said I always put on my, and in those days she used to call her lippy, but she used to put her lipstick on every day. Yeah. I mean, my generation, you never admitted vulnerability because um, you were considered to be weak, especially if you're a bloke. Yeah. You're weak. Um, but I'm I'm understanding that more and more mm. these days. Um, that was wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting you say it's okay to feel that way because there will be a lot of people whose businesses are not doing it so good at the moment who might be listening to this mm-hmm. who will be or, and or could be in your position. They're saying, well, I, wow, what do I do? How am I going to do that? No, I, I'm... I'm treating this like a project. You know, I, I'm a professional executive woman. If I was running a project at work, I wouldn't just have all of these random thought bubbles in my head, right? I, I would want it on paper. Reduced to writing. <clears throat> yeah. And so I'm treating this like a proper project. And it actually it actually is um, interesting because it's allowing me to be more efficient in this whole process of applying for roles or talking to people because I'm, it could be really easy to forget, oh, I spoke to that person. Was it last week I spoke to that person or was it the week before? Did I send them my resume? Yes or no? Did I send them a follow-up email? You can actually just forget that stuff really easily, particularly when you've got more time on your hands. It's, it's funny. The more time you've got on your hands, the more you can just forget that sort of stuff. Um, and so I find it a way to allow my head to focus on the stuff that's really important and not trying to scrap around remembering all of the other smaller administrative sort of things. I mean, I think what you're doing, you're giving us a lesson here in, in relation to mindset. And what I wouldn't mind doing is actually interviewing you in, mm. for, in a second uh, and mm. just going through a process. Sure. With oh. you. We'd be, have a bit <laughs> okay, fun. let's do this. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Back here, Erica Birch told, and she was a CEO, former CEO of Iconic. I did have a job somewhere else, a listed company. We're not going to say the name of them. Unfortunately, that company got bought, and uh, that role got uh, was no longer available to her. Erica's found herself in a position right now where she's wants to get something to do, for, uh, have a purpose in her life apart from her family purpose. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that that's always there. And um, Erica and I have been talking about how do you set your mind. And I, I, I talked about when I was in my early 30s when I was put in a similar sort of position. But this whole concept of mind, mindset, just none of this stuff existed. And no one was at, there was nothing to read, of course, there's no internet, but there's nothing to read, no one to talk to, um, just on your own, do your best. Um, and uh, I eventually stumbled onto something, but it was just, a, I was lucky, I just stumbled onto something. Um, but I want to talk about how you take control of your thoughts. Mm. So you go to bed at night at a certain time, kids are all in bed. Mm-hmm. You got three kids, haven't you? Yep, three. Yeah. You got three kids, youngish. Yeah, eight, six, and four. Right, scary. Um, and uh, and you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a partner. And uh, which doesn't mean anything, by the way, because at the end of the day, you're, you're an individual. Yep. Just because you got a partner doesn't mean, oh, I don't need a job. <laughs> no, you need to do what you need to do. You go to bed at night. Do you wake up at 2 o'clock and think, oh, my God? Oh, there are days, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. What and do you do in that situation? What, what yeah. do you do? How do you set your mind? Because, you know, that's when, you know, the rattles come mm-hmm. because you're sort of not really uh, yeah. uh, sort of rational for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that uh, is. It's like no matter how experienced you are, you still often have that little voice in your head saying, you're never going to find another job. You're never going to be employed again. And what you've actually got to do is – don't disregard that little voice in your head because that's actually part of what's going to drive you to get your way out of the situation, right? Acknowledge it. Thank it. Thank that little voice. Thank you for making sure I'm taking this situation seriously and now I need to park you to the side a little bit and I need to get some sleep because it's 2 o'clock in the morning um, and I will get onto this again first thing in the morning and, and know that I'm doing everything I can. You know, I spoke about the spreadsheet I've got going, treating this like a project. I mean, I'm so, I don't know how I became programmed like this, but I am naturally a glass is half full sort of person. And, you know, I have this little saying for myself, turn the full stop into a comma where it's, um, it's not, oh, Erica has now found herself in this shit situation, full stop. It's Erica has found herself in this shit situation, comma, and here is how she's going to get out of it. I will not allow the shitty situation to be the defining moment for me. The defining moment is going to be how I get out of it, not not how I got in it. Um, and, you know, Winston Churchill said it best, you know, when you find yourself going through hell, keep going. And that's <laughs> it. You know? like it. And it's like just keep going. Get out of there as quickly as you can because it's not a very nice place to be. 
sometimes, you know, I go through this sort of same thought processes, mm. those irrational thought processes yeah. in the middle of the night when you're not thinking straight and it's dark and for some reason everything seems to be ten times as bad and uh, <laughs> everyone else in the world seems to be asleep except you. Um, and uh, I also do the same thing. I also say, well, like, Mark, if it's that fucking bad, um, you've got to, the most important thing is you get enough sleep so you can deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. So, like, get the sleep. You've got to sleep. Go back to sleep, yeah. dude. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, even that means getting up and walking around and then mm-hmm. resetting and starting again or having some other technique, whether it be meditation, et cetera. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, it can be quite distracting and and then you know that it happened last night. You started thinking tonight before you go to sleep, oh, maybe I'll have a glass of wine. Yeah. Or a, a whiskey or a couple of beers. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'll start later. Yeah. And then you start distracting yourself, getting out of your sleep strategy, yeah. out of your sleep process. And then you, because you go to bed later, you sleep in later. Mm. And because you slept in later, you didn't go to the gym. And because you didn't go to the gym, you feel mm. like shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a vicious circle. Yeah. And you've got to stop it early. Yeah. Uh, have you been through this? Yeah, totally. And look, it would be really easy for me right now to create a whole new kind of operating rhythm for myself. Like when I'm working, I go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning for an hour, I get home, have breakfast, get up and go. It would be easy for me right now to say, well, I don't need to go to the gym at 5.30. Why would I do that? Like I can go at 8 o'clock. Or this is what happened during COVID too, by the way, yeah, yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it fucked with me. Yeah. <laughs> and it really did. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It, it totally did. And I and I and now I rejected it completely. Yeah. So, But that's imp- important. So you, are I you still doing it? F- 5.30 in the morning. Good I am you. there, right, twice a week. I go another after. So I've actually increased my exercise now so that I go another time. I'm now also trying to walk every day as well. So i got to get up early because I always think 5.30 in the morning, there's not much else you could be doing. Right, yeah. like there's no one else really to talk to or calls that you've got to be on, or so it's such a great window to just get up and get a head start on the day. And when you're still getting up at five thirty in the morning, well, then at eleven o'clock the night before, you're not having a glass of wine because you think, God, I've got to get up at five thirty and I've got to push myself because my gym's got all these crazy little competitions that we're having with each other at the moment. I'd just like to say I beat the trainer yesterday in the triathlon, the Balmain Gym Triathlon of the rower, the ski machine and the assault bike. Um, you're not doing that if you're staying up every night till 11 o'clock just drinking your way through it or if you're waking up at 2 in the morning unable to sleep and not, you know, be able to talk yourself back into talking yourself off that ledge and going, it's okay. Like, yep, I'm right to feel stressed. I'm right to feel a bit anxious sometimes, but I'm not going to feel like this all the time because it's not going to help anybody. Do you ever have to deal with this process in your head that, well, either I'm not good enough or I'm too old? Yeah. Or, I mean, not that you're old, but I, I am too yeah. old relative to what they might be looking yeah. for. I mean, do, or I'm too expensive. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, do, you get, do you go through yeah, those processes? Yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, see, the problem is you earn too much money or this or that. And it's like, that's not a problem. <laughs> like, you only earn what you're worth. Mm. And that's because you're delivering, you know, results to people and, and delivering benefits to a business. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, of course I do. Like, of course I just think, gosh, am, am I going to be able to find another job or how easy is that going to be? But the more you get out there and talk to people, like even just sitting here talking to you today, already I'm going to go throw my resume back over John Laws's fence. I'm going to, you know. Have some fun. Yeah, have a little bit of fun and actually just help. Like, look, there's people in your life that are just going to be good people that are just help talk you up 
And there's going to be people in your life that disappoint you or you're really going to see a different view of them during, you know, the difficult yeah. sort of time. Surround yourself with the people that are the good people, even if it's just someone to go have a coffee with um, or even if it's someone that's just going to kind of give you the blunt truth and go, yeah, you are in a shit situation, but I'm confident you're going to get out of it. Like just go and tap into those sort of people. We certainly don't show how you might be feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and I could feel upset and angry about the situation that I find myself in. I could say that's not bloody fair and, oh, those bastards, how could they do this? Well, you know what, like I just I wish that company all the best. It's really unfortunate that it played out this way, but I actually just want to focus all of my attentions on finding another role and just talking to good people and connecting with people again also connecting with my family a little bit again. Like I've done some really random stuff over the last few like weeks. Like what? Um, okay, so yesterday in between two meetings with um, two different companies, um, I was like, okay, I, I've got a couple of hours to kill. What do I do? I went to the state library. I had my laptop with me. I needed to find somewhere to charge it. And Here in Sydney? Here in Sydney. Went to the state library, sat there for a couple of hours just working away. And do you know, it's actually quite invigorating being in that situation. All these other kind of uni kids and stuff around you, there's something about the energy of of the youth today that helps invigorate you a bit. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. You're but, talking about the old state library, the old yeah. Mitchell Library, not the yeah, one, on, not the not the annex next to it. No, no, the, the old library yeah, the old there library. on Macquarie it's Street. It's very beautiful. It's, I, it's a beautiful place. I spent three years of my master's degree in there. I, I reckon I spent thousands of yeah. dollars, which I didn't have in getting them to photocopy uh, <laughs> cases and stuff like that for yeah. me. And uh, I have a wonderful memory of that place. In fact, uh, I took my godson through there a little while ago. Like, uh, of course, he didn't appreciate it, but he was only 12. He, he just, him was just a yeah. big, vast library. But it's quite beautiful. Hadn't been there for years. And it, uh, it makes yeah. you think about yeah. stuff. Yeah. And last week I took my kids, we drove up to Barara and I drove on the, you know, there's a car ferry there at Barara Waters. No, I didn't takes, know. Yeah. So if you drive up to, say, Barara Heights, you drive down the hill then and at the water there there's a car ferry and you drive your car onto it and it takes you across the water to Barara Waters. My kids hearing them squeal with delight, Mom, the car's floating, the car's floating, right? It, co- it doesn't cost a cent, um, that ferry, by the way, so you just rock up there. It operates 24 hours a day. But hearing the kids uh, squeal with delight at that. I was like, oh, that is so nice. That is like a really nice moment. Um, so, yeah, I've had a bit of time also because I'm treating my job stuff as a project. So I'm, I know I'm doing some stuff. I'm having my moments where I allow myself to feel vulnerable or anxious and, and I really put a stop, you know, a start and a stop to that sort of period. That then gives me the moments where I can actually just feel happy, enjoy it. I don't have to feel stressed all the time because I know what I'm doing in those other two areas. So This is probably the most severe pressure an individual can get. Yeah. Married, kids, no job, used to having, you know, high high paying career mm. uh, and a high level of responsibility career. I'll be honest with you, I think you are a perfect candidate for a number of board seats. Mm. Yeah on maybe not necessarily, or it could be the big big organisations, but they probably all uh, already have their quota. Mm. But you have a big advantage, you're female. Yep. And yep. tell you that, like a lump, but that's a bloody big yeah, advantage. Like, ASX have the rules now. Yeah, yeah. You've got to put yeah, females yeah, on the board. For sure. But you, that's not a, you, then you don't, you know, if you're on three of those, it's not a bad position to be mm. in for a year or two whilst you hunt. Yeah. I've thought about whether... 
I want to be a, you know, I guess you call it a professional director. Or, or, um, the only thing I'll say, and so, yes, I'm, I'm very interested. It's not interested. about interim positions, no, what I'm no. saying. I'm very interested in some board roles. I'm really interested in another executive role, though, because I've just got so much executive energy and, you know, I want to get in there and, you know, I like to, here's my elevator pitch to yeah, you. Go for right? it. I like to fix things and improve things and, and look for that continuous improvement, right? So I like to find a way to make things more efficient, make more money. I like to grow things, whether that just be organic growth of a business or looking at acquisitions or new opportunities, new horizons. Um, I like to grow things as well. Uh, and then I really am quite focused on people and culture, like what? how do we do the things that we do? How do we develop people? Uh, what is the organisational structure? What's the principles of a business? Because I think a lot of those things actually drive financial outcomes. I guess the fourth one is I like, I'm very financially motivated. I want the businesses that I work for to make a lot of money and I want to make some money too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you so, don't mind tying your outcomes to the no, to the outcomes of the business? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've got some bills to pay so I can't No, you need, order, a, ret- you need a base. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you're pre- prepared to back yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. In a financial sense, yeah. in a reward sense. Yeah, Based correct. on the outcomes. Correct. Not just effort. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Mm. And uh, do you think you become... As a result of, you know, what's mm. happened over the last six months, mm. do you think you've become um, a lot broader in your thought process as to what your expectations are in terms of what your next role will be? Yeah, I have actually. Um, Does it have to be retail? No. Online? And that's the, that's the interesting thing. I've really actually got my head around opportunities outside of retail and some of the conversations I'm having with people are actually outside of that retail sort of space. I've learned now about taking a startup into that scale-up sort of space. Like what of the startup energy and enthusiasm needs to be retained, but actually what needs to be let go of and and what are the new um, more mature sort of governance processes and things that you need to adopt, but also what don't you need to adopt yet? And it's finding that sweet spot of, yeah. for these businesses that they don't want to become too old and staid and, and lose their uh, agility and nimbleness, but also they can't just keep operating like a startup. But at the same time, they don't want to become too overcomplicated, no. too overcomplianced, yeah. uh, too overgovernanced. Yeah, correct. Uh, and it is a sweet spot, you're right, because mm. um, and all businesses, especially startups, yeah. they all go through these stages. Yeah. And um and it's a bit like I was saying before, it's not until you get someone who's experienced these things. Yeah. And to some extent, that you can't solve it until you have someone who's experienced these things. And to some extent, your, you in your career period, like, you know, from, from zero to where you are now, mm. are at that sweet spot. You've got enough experience, as I said earlier, to be have a, a fair bit of wisdom around what can happen and yeah. maybe how I could do deal with it. But at the same time, you're still young enough to be the startup. Yes. Yeah. You know, like you still yeah. got you still got that going, yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. you're not just sort of sitting back wanting everyone to do anything for you. You'll actually go in and get your hands dirty. Yeah, exactly. I want to get in there and I want to play with things yeah. and you know, but then also build a really great team and give them some accountability and responsibility as well. The most proficient at being successful, do something really well, and that is a prosecute their mission over and over and over again. So what I mean by that is um, they talk about what it is they are doing or what it is they want to do over and over again to everyone. Yeah. And it's nearly like they are 
refining the articulation of what it is they ultimately want to pitch. And they're learning all the time from every time they do a, have a discussion with somebody, hang on, that didn't get anywhere, that didn't get a response, or that did get a response, or that got a, a, a 3 out of 10 response, and that got a 7 out of 10 response. And, a, you know, and maybe not even writing it down, but just um, doing it in their own mind. They're, they're building this perfect pitch that and helps them perfectly form where they want to go and what they want to say. And it's about continual prosecution. And the way you do it is just meet people and talk yeah. to them about people. I mean, Packer, James Packer, I know everybody talks about James, but I tell you, he was one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And when he was on many years ago, the only thing James would talk about was his latest project. And yeah, it didn't okay. matter whether I met him at his kids' christening or we would talk about that. He would talk about whatever was on his mind at the time, and not just me, but he talked about it to everybody. Yeah, right. And over time he would just completely articulate it into this perfect piece that he could do in three or four minutes. Yeah. It was absolutely crystal clear what it is he's good at, why he was doing it, what the outcomes were going to be, and you nearly want to invest in it straight away. And uh, it seems to me that you're instinctively doing that too by meeting everybody, talking to everybody. And you're yeah. you, as you do, you go along, you're articulating your position. Mm-hmm. Do you, is that a is that totally. a purposeful thing or yeah yeah absolutely because the more you have to say it out loud the more you actually go did that make sense did that work also I mean looking for a job it, it's a game of numbers right like one from one is unrealistic to find the one perfect job from one interview like I mean the odds of that are like just too far far gone getting one great job from twenty interviews. Well, they're better odds, right? So just get out there and the practice of talking about yourself. Like I had this interview the other day and um, I, I thought I tanked it, right? It was terrible. I just I looked back afterwards and went, God, I didn't even answer that question properly and I should have done this. And from that, actually, you know those three points I just spoke about before about I like to fix things, I like to then grow things, I like to, you know, people and culture. That came from what I thought was that shitty interview, right? Because I was like, oh gosh, I've got to get crisper at talking about what it is that I do and how my skills are transferable. So then, you know, so even though I thought that was a terrible interview, something came from it. And the next one is going to be way better than the last one. And there's, mind you, I did get some feedback that it wasn't as bad as I thought. So I am also harsher on myself than what maybe because other people are. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But I'm glad that I put that pressure on myself because it forced me to get better, right? Yeah. And you've got to constantly get better and crisper and um, clearer about yourself. Yeah, because yourself. you haven't, because, you know, you've been working out there for mm-hmm. a long time. You haven't become an expert in interviews. No. You haven't become an expert in yourself. No. And you've now got to become an expert exactly. on yourself. Yeah. Not on Iconic or some other business. Yeah, yeah. You've got to become an expert on, on what Erica yeah. can do, yep. what Erica brings to the table. That's right. Without sounding like a bullshitter. Yeah. And uh, and that is a skill mm-hmm. in itself. Yeah, for sure. And don't have expectations. Well, you know, why didn't they give me the job? Well, I don't know. Why they, they didn't give you a job because, the, you know, you probably didn't explain yourself yeah, well yeah, enough. Yeah, correct. Eventually something will fall your yeah, way. that's right. Eventually it will. Yeah. And it might not be exactly what you yeah. hoped. And isn't that funny that you said James Packer even did that? Yeah, like, yeah. Would talk about it, you know, to every single person. So by Everybody. The time, so by the time he had to do his sales pitch on whatever it was. To his investors because he's yeah, always raising yeah, yeah. money. Then, bang, he's got that down pat. And, and everyone go, wow, how good is he? I mean, I learned a lot from watching him do that and yeah. I know that and I've, I've, I've earmarked people in my life who are very good at mm. prosecuting something mm-hmm. and I watch them and they end up doing brilliantly. Um, but they prosecute it to the death. Yeah. 
over and over yeah. and over and over and over again. The more you talk about it, you become committed to it. Yeah. And you start believing in your own story. Yeah. And to do that, you've got to have a structure. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you've got to have a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you've got to have a plan. And to do that, you've got to get off your ass mm-hmm. and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, and everyone keeps talking about resilience, Erica, like that's resilience. Yes. Yeah. You're not born resilience. That is resilience. It's, resilience is actually comes from structure. Yeah, Correct. And continually practicing and practicing and practicing structure. I love the fact you still get up and go to the gym. And you're throwing an extra one. You're spending time with your kids mm. and and keeping it a little bit playful. You're not become. You haven't become a sourpuss. You know, you're no. still out there. I mean, you, and you. But by the way, you act, obviously you you know you're telling us you're showing us your vulnerability, which is pretty important. <laughs> you know, like you're being honest. Yeah, and that's really cool. And I I I actually think like. Even if a job's not your job is not sitting there waiting for you at the moment anywhere, but I I would be very surprised if organisations who are looking for a skilled female to be on their board mm-hmm. um, wouldn't be thinking right now this is someone I maybe I should be chasing up because that wisdom that you have gained is to be frank with you is uh, it's gold mm. for boards and that I external hope so. view. And is this where the mentor pivots to the recruiter? You're going to find me a job. <laughs> the recruiter. How much commission do I need to give you? Zero. <laughs> Zero. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy for the content and I'm actually happy to see you again since 2021. Yeah, no, it's And uh, I, I actually feel quite um, energised from the conversation with you just like I did the other day when I, I ran into mm-hmm. you in, in, that, in that restaurant. So, Erica Birchall, thanks very much and good luck to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistance, Jonathan Leondis. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.